I must have been infatuated with Andrew Yang when he was running. Here comes this 40, 50-year-old guy out of nowhere, no political experience, not a billionaire, and has the audacity to go and run against the most powerful people in the country. Andrew Yang ran for president on the premise of universal basic income, $1,000 going to every American, no ifs, ands, or buts, pretty much just on the premise of we're in one of the most difficult financial economic times in the world, and this is the great equalizer. He didn't end up winning, of course, but all of a sudden, one of the biggest knocks on his campaign is where are the government going to find this $2 trillion and when won't it cause inflation? Fast forward literally a month after he drops out, the whole global economy is going through ruin right now. I mean, stocks are tanking, businesses are being closed, and unemployment is higher than ever, and Congress is already approved a $2 trillion stimulus pack where I think the civilians get around $350 billion, but the rest of that money is going to companies and corporations. And that leaves us to ask ourselves, you know, damn, was Andrew Yang right the whole time? Now, we're in this interesting situation where right now $2 trillion has basically been pulled out of thin air. You know, when people are asking Andrew Yang how we're going to find this money to pay out to us individual citizens, the biggest question is, is like, if you do that, if you pull out this money, if the Fed Reserve Bank goes out and gets $200 trillion out of thin air, won't it cause inflation? And, you know, I talked about this on another podcast, but I want, you know, there, there's another kind of area that I've been thinking about when it comes to this whole inflation question and when it comes to money. And... For that, I want to really dip in the uneducated part of this conversation where, you know, we're just theorizing, we're just having fun, we're just thinking on how the economy really works and why is it more beneficial to print $2 trillion than it is to just let these companies fail and maybe print out like a billion or a hundred billion dollars. So the first thing I want to start when I think about, you know, why is it necessary to print $2 trillion to save the economy at this point? Um, I want to talk about houses. Because I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to. So when you go and you buy a house, you get a mortgage and all this jazz. When you're paying off your mortgage, you might notice that your house is actually appreciating in value. So you buy a house for 200000 By the time you pay off your house, seven years later, maybe that house is worth 300000 This is something that happens. Your, your house just appreciates. But what happens to that extra $100,000 of value that your house gets? You don't necessarily just get $100,000 in your bank account. But if you sold your house, yeah, you would get $300,000 in total once you sell it. I like to think of the economy somewhat similar to this. In our economy nowadays, basically all of these companies, they don't really carry cash on them. There's this thing called a current ratio 
which is essentially a company's ability to pay its short-term assets. If you take all of its current assets in the year, all of its investments in, in um, um, expiring within the next two to three months of a year, all of its liabilities are going to be due within the year. If you take those current assets divided by your current liabilities, you get the current ratio. And this basically measures a company's ability to pay all of its debt within one year. Now, if you look at modern companies, like you look at these companies about to go out of business, like the cruise lines, the airlines, these companies don't carry a lot of current assets on them. They don't have a lot of cash. They don't have a lot of short-term cash equivalents. They don't have pretty much anything. Or they have a bit, but they can only pay their current liabilities maybe for like four months before that. They're going to need like crazy amount of loans to pay off this amount of debt. And thinking about this as rational citizens, it's normal for us to feel like, wait, why are these companies not keeping money on them? Shouldn't they be saving for a rainy day? Because, of course, as citizens, that's what we're always trying to do. And when I really started, started to think about this phenomenon... I started to really think just in general about our economy and how it works in general. You see, right now, the way that we run our economy, we do not want companies to hoard amounts of cash. Think about a bank. When you put money into a bank, they don't keep all of your money. They will only keep around 30% of all the money that you give them. So what happens to the rest of that money, that rest of the 70 percent? Well, that's the money that's being loaned out to businesses for small business loans and large business loans. And that's the money that is being loaned out to you getting your mortgage. You see, by them being able to look at their numbers and realize that a lot of people aren't going to actually come and request this money at a time. They can keep facilitating that money and putting it through that economy, uh, causing the economic growth in the economy. So the way that the bank does this and only carries around 30% of all the money they make and invest the rest, basically, that's what these businesses are essentially doing as well. The economy runs much better when these carnival cruise ships and these airlines don't hoard all the cash that they have, but that airline buys another plane or carries another route or makes a deal with the resort or that carnival cruise line buys another ship to match that extra demand that they're getting. And that way, more economic growth is being is being served up through the economy. <clears throat> now, when it comes to where does this two trillion dollars that the Fed prints out, where does this money come from? I mean, the Federal Reserve is the big bank, the big central bank that your national banks borrow from. So think about um, a Morgan Stanley. Think about a JP Morgan. Think about a Chase. Think about a RBC. Think about a TD Canada Trust. All of these banks borrow from the central bank of that country. And when you really think about what the central bank is, you just think about that mortgage situation at the beginning of this podcast. You see, When the value of these companies go up, the value of the Fed goes up. And when the Fed, 
the Federal Reserve, the you know the U.S. Central Bank, when the Federal Reserve they're giving two trillion dollars back to the economy. Realistically, what they're doing is they are giving the accumulated economic uh, surplus, economic value, and they're giving it to the economy, right? So when you think about someone who owns a house that bought it for two hundred thousand and the house is three hundred thousand, you know, when your house goes up to three hundred thousand, at that point you're like, hmm, I might want to get a home equity line of credit. And do some renovations or maybe even buy another house with that or use that money to invest. And essentially what the central bank has happened is our economy is like that $200,000 house. And after seven years, it grew to $300,000. So what the Federal Reserve is saying is like, hey, look at all this accumulated economic wealth that we have. We will give that amount of money Back to the economy, because technically we've created so much economic wealth in the economy that we can give some of it back to it. That's kind of the way I try to wrap my head around it. And of course, when you're talking numbers through a podcast, it is, of course, a bit harder to follow. So basically what I'm saying is that there are two types of profits in the world, right? There is the profit of you have your revenues, you minus your expenses, and you get your profit. The other type of profit includes opportunity cost. Essentially, what that means is that if you had the opportunity to make more money, you actually have lost money through opportunity cost. You know, for instance, if you had a chance to go to college or university, get a degree and get a job in like, you know, finance or something like that, and you didn't do it, and instead you worked at a job, maybe you were just working, you know, you're working fast food at that point, making minimum wage, well, your opportunity cost in that situation would have been going to university and getting a higher paying job, Right. In the economy, there's a lot of things that make sense to us um, cash wise because the numbers make sense. Like, you know, when it comes to someone making $200,000, $300,000, $400,000 a year, the way that the economy affects them is very similar to the way the economy affects us. What I mean by that is if you have debt, if you have credit card debt, that is going to hinder you. You know, if you make $100,000 a year, the stuff you can afford at $400,000 a year is pretty similar. However, when the numbers get extremely big, I'm talking about billions or hundreds of millions or even trillions, then that term opportunity cost becomes more substantial than just thinking about the economy as revenues and expenses. What I mean by that is when you have $10 billion or this ridiculous amount of money and you don't take an investment, that investment that you didn't take can make the $10 billion that you had worth only $5 billion in the future, right? If you're one of these oil companies and you don't spend a billion of your dollars... And you don't spend one billion of your dollars literally lobbying against Congress or lobbying some other lawmakers or political 
um, PACs to protect your rights as an oil company, then of course you're going to lose money in the long run because some bill is going to come out that says oil companies are evil and they need to create a carbon tax on them. And you're going to be taxed out the wazoo for all the pollution you do in the atmosphere. When it comes to these big numbers, you can't just keep $10 billion and not invest it because that $10 billion will actually be worth less if you do that. When it comes to trillions of dollars now, that amount of money, if the if the Federal Reserve did not put that $2 trillion in the market, then when the airlines go out of business, that severely impacts. Like if an airline goes out of business, like that's less flights. The flights are more expensive. And the way that we knew the economy before is going to be fundamentally different. If a cruise line goes out of business, you can't just get that vacation cruise line going up five years later. After five years, it's going to be way more expensive. There's going to be less people offering that type of service. And that cruise line might not be available for the next 10, 20 years because no one wants to give them business loans because they see it as a risky business that the that you know the Federal Reserve or the federal government doesn't consider necessary enough to actually bail out. All in all, when it comes to why the economy can print out $2 trillion. It literally isn't wasting money. It's not pulled out of nowhere. That $2 trillion is actually the the economic value that we've been creating from just working this whole time. And as always, the best, most brightest investors, they're the uneducated ones. That's because the uneducated investor, they never stop learning. As uneducated investors, I'm just throwing some stuff at you. You know, I'm not an economics expert. It was, was my major in my undergrad, but realistically, I don't really know anything. I'm going to be honest. I barely know anything. I'm just spinning off the top of my dome. If you disagree with me, hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter is at Fly Stewie. Hit me up. Follow me. Leave me a five-star review on iTunes if you love this podcast. It really helps us grow. Thank you to all the people who have spent the two, you know, the two or three minutes that it takes to go to iTunes and leave that review. Trust me, man. It means the world. Thank you so much for doing it. And as always, Flight Crew, we have to take off.